On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles. It's also Locked On Panthers. It's Crossover Thursday. Louis DiBiase joining you alongside the host of Locked On Panthers. It's Julian Council. Guys, you can follow us on Twitter at DiBiaseLOE, at Julian Council. You can find Locked On Eagles, Locked On Panthers, wherever you find your podcast Monday through Friday. Julian, what's up, man? First time ever doing a show together. The Eagles and Panthers haven't played since uh, we were talking about it before the show, that frustrating 2018 game where Cam Newton on 4th and 12 bounces off Brandon Graham. It would have been the game. He pushes the chains to uh, Torrey Smith, believe it or not, the year after he was on the Eagles Super Bowl team and they handed the Eagles a big L, but the teams have changed completely since that. I guess the NFL really does stand for not for long for a reason. Louie, Louie, what's going on, bro? What's um, up, man? Yeah, no, I was actually thinking back because like the last time I remember the Panthers and Eagles playing was that Thursday night football game. The last time they were here in Charlotte on, at Bank yeah. of America Stadium, back when y'all were still in love with Carson Wentz, of course, who's now with the Colts. The funny story about that game back in 2018 was I was living in Nashville at the time covering the Titans for the ESPN affiliate down there. And one of my best friends from college, my fraternity brothers, he is from Haddonfield, New Jersey, right outside of Philly. He's a big Eagles guy. And he had just moved to Nashville and he was trying to like meet other people. So he went to an Eagles bar that afternoon. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll come show up. So I'm the lone Panthers fan in the Eagles bar. And then you remember the game, Eagles fans, Panther fans remember the game. The Eagles dominated for like the first, what, two and a half, three quarters. So yeah. And then Carolina just had a remarkable comeback in that game. I'm just sitting there like, this is incredible. I'm the lone Panthers guy in this Eagles bar around a bunch of distraught (laughs) Eagles fans. And I actually have a lot of respect for the Philly fan base. I've been to an Eagles game a couple years ago back. My buddy was living in Rittenhouse Square in Philly. And I honestly enjoy your fan base. I know the Santa Claus thing and y'all can be kind of unruly, Mm -hmm. but like I totally respect it. And honestly, like I'm a big fan of the city of Philly. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of the same thing with me. I'm known as like a closet Panthers fan around lockdown Eagle circles just because they, it feels like every time the draft comes around, they're grabbing the guys that myself and my co-host, you know, Camilleri kind of fall in love with. So Carolina yeah. and Philadelphia, two teams that I think my podcast are very familiar with. And, you know, Julian, we're going to get into the matchup itself on Sunday, a battle between the three and one Panthers and the one and three Eagles. Um, But before we do that, kind of a first look at these teams, it's interesting to see, you know, we mentioned Cam Newton and Carson Wentz. These teams are now living in a post-Cam Newton, post-Carson Wentz world, and it's interesting to see where these teams are at now without their former franchise quarterbacks. And I don't know, I feel like the Panthers are almost like a year ahead because they moved on from Cam Newton after the 2019 season where the Eagles move on from Carson Wentz in 2020. And what a year um, it's been for Carolina, just, I think, building their roster and really the past couple of years. I mean, you guys have really done a great job, especially on defense. I think building a great young nucleus. And I think the Eagles are desperate for that kind of personnel. Their defensive coordinator this week said they don't even have a dime package because they don't have enough competent defensive backs. And then I look at Carolina and they traded for Stephon Gilmore on Wednesday as well. It's like it's just, you know, flowing with first round talent on all three levels. And I think the Eagles could really use that blueprint in the next coming draft with all their draft picks. 
No, definitely. You have a first-year head coach, Nick Sirianni. So hopefully in yeah. year two, like here of Matt Rule in Carolina, you might right. be in the same position the Carolina Panthers are in. That's kind of the beauty of the NFL. You look at other sports, especially across major sports leagues here in America, particularly mm-hmm. the NBA, really you got to be a major market team to really have any sort of chance at getting superstars and free agency and building an organization. But the NFL, right. you can go from being – Five and 11 one year, first year head coach to hiring a new GM, getting a new quarterback in Sam Darnold like Carolina's done, and it being three and one through the first four weeks of the season and thinking so highly of yourselves that you're like, hey, Stephon Gilmore, he's available. Let's go get him, bring him back home here to Charlotte to fill the role that we're now missing because JC Horn, your first round pick, who he's out for possibly the rest of the season with a broken foot suffered a couple weeks ago. Mm. The Panthers are in a great spot. You bring up the fact that they brought in a ton of young defensive talent even before the federal rule regime was here. They got Brian Burns at like 15th overall in the draft, which is mm-hmm. how was that even possible to happen? Then they draft Eric Brown. They use all seven picks in 2020 on defensive players. Jeremy Chin arguably was a defensive player of the year last season because Chase Young was number two pick and did Chase Young things. He got right. the award instead. But Chin was great. You have a young nucleus also of now you have Horn. And they look so good defensively. Shaq Thompson's been one of the lone holdovers from the past regime that's actually True. been to the playoffs. He's been playing out of his mind. Now he won't play on Sunday, and he might also be out next Sunday when the uh, Vikings come to town for Carolina, but they have a young, fast, talented, hungry defense. And so far, so good of Sam Darnold. He made some mistakes, probably his worst game so far as a Panther last Sunday against your division rival Dallas Cowboys down there in Dallas, but he still threw over 300 yards, which by the way, it's the first time in Panthers history where a quarterback has thrown for 300 plus yards in three straight games. Cam Newton never even did that. And that's the guy yeah. who came out slinging for 400 plus yards back to back games to start up his career here in Carolina. There's a lot of good vibes down here in the Carolinas right now. I'm fired about, up about this team and I'm really excited to see what they have moving forward because they feel like a playoff team. And I did not expect that to happen this year. I thought, hey, three and one. Mm-hmm. I'm not really that surprised by it looking at the schedule. But man, they could achieve yeah. a lot more than what a lot of us thought heading into the season. I totally agree, and I think when you look at how these two teams are building, it feels like the Panthers kind of started on defense when it comes to rebuilding that unit, and then the yeah. offense. I mean, the offense already had weapons, right? DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, but it feels like the last drafts, I mean, you said just uh, a couple years ago, they used all seven picks on defense. The Eagles, it's been the opposite. They haven't used a first-round pick or a second-round pick on a defensive player since 2017. So it's kind of been the opposite where the Eagles are building on the offensive side of the football. And I, I think, again, Julian, these teams aren't – I know the Panthers are three and one and the Eagles are one and three, but I think both teams look like, I mean, they compete with every team every single week. I think the biggest yeah. question mark again, though, is just the quarterback. I mean, you mentioned Sam Darnold's had a great start to the season. The first month, I feel like the Eagles have been pretty pleased with, with, with uh, what they've seen from Jalen hurts. I think they've both shown promising potential through the first month, but it's just like, it's interesting because I feel like both quarterbacks weren't the franchise's first choices. There was the rumor about the Matt Stafford trade with the Panthers. Yeah. I think the Eagles wanted to make things work with Carson Wentz. I think they've kicked the tires on Deshaun Watson. I think they looked into a trade up for Zach Wilson, but they did at the same time, both guys or both teams chose them over Justin Fields. So it is interesting to see how these teams handle this quarterback position. I feel like they kind of took the middle ground with their approach this offseason. Yeah, I think too of Philly, like having Howie Roseman still there as a general manager who just mm-hmm. drafted Jalen Hurts a year ago. It kind of makes right. sense to me why they would stick with him. He's a second round pick. Like the guy was highly successful back in college at Alabama and Oklahoma. So why not 
you know, give them a year to figure things out. It's not like you have mm-hmm. the option of a fifth year option as a first round pick. So you can move on relatively quickly if you want to. And you're not paying him a ton of money at right. that quarterback position. But you brought up the fact that Carolina, they were done with Teddy Bridgewater. Like two weeks left in the season, the owner, David Tepper, after he relieved Marty Herney, the former GM of his duties here in Carolina, he said, if you don't have that quarterback, they can go out there and help you win Super Bowls then you need to be in constant pursuit of him. And he put Teddy Bridgewater on notice. They were looking at Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl. I guess they weren't really a fan of what they saw from him in Mobile, at least they, not enough. They were trying to get Matthew Stafford. I'm of the personal belief that the owner here doesn't have a, the patience to sit around and wait for a rookie to develop for three years then hope mm-hmm. that you got it right. Stafford mm-hmm. thing didn't work out. I do believe that Deshaun Watson didn't have the 22 sexual assault allegations against him right now that yeah. he would be the starting quarterback here in Carolina. They saw tape on Sam Darnold. They like what they saw. They thought in this system with Joe Brady, these weapons, that he would have an opportunity to be successful. And through four weeks of the season, he's certainly shown that he's more than capable of being a solid quarterback in the system in the NFL. Now, the question is, Super Bowl is what they want. Like, is he good enough to be able to beat a a Dak Prescott or beat Mm -hmm. a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or any of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFC? Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. That's the interesting part, Julian. I feel like both guys have a good skill set for the modern day NFL, right? They're both mobile. They both can push the ball down the field, right? They can extend plays in different areas of their game. But at the same time, these teams are used to having Cam Newton, who won an MVP in 2015. Mm -hmm. And even for what Carson Wentz wasn't last year, in 2017 to 2019, he did elevate a lot of issues on that roster. He was going to win that MVP before he got hurt at the LA Coliseum. Yeah, and even in 2019, he won five straight games down the stretch with a practice squad skill position set and won the NFC East. So I I agree. It's like both guys, Darnold and Hurts, have a certain floor, but the big question this year is finding out about that ceiling so both teams know where to go in the 2022 NFL draft. Or again, both teams were linked to Deshaun Watson, and there could be other veteran quarterbacks next offseason that are available for trade. So I can't wait to see this matchup on Sunday. I think it's a very even matchup, and I think both teams are kind of on a similar timeline right now with kind of this uh, new era. And Julie and I, we're going to dive into the matchup coming up next on Crossover Thursday. It's locked on Eagles, locked on Panthers, guys. We'll get into Eagles. Their offense against the Panthers defense coming up next. This over edition of Locked On Eagles and Locked On Panthers is brought to you by rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto, their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. They're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today at rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or your truck, and make sure you write down LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need at rockauto.com. All right, guys, welcome back in. It's Crossover Thursday right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Louis DiBiase, host of the Lockdown Eagles Podcast, alongside Julian Council, host of Lockdown Panthers. Julian, we're getting into this matchup on Sunday, a 1 p.m. kickoff. 
in Charlotte between the Eagles and the Panthers. And I want to get into first the Eagles offense and the Panthers defense. I feel like this is the marquee matchup, right? I think it's the strength yeah. of both teams. At least as of right now, the Panthers are one of, if not the best defense in football. I feel like the Eagles defense, they've allowed 83 points the last two weeks and nearly a thousand yards of offense. Their offense is what's had to pick up the slack. So this is the matchup I'm excited to see, strength versus strength. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm nervous about that front against the Panthers pass rush. You got Brian Burns, you got Derek Brown, you got Hassan Riddick against the Eagles offensive line that normally is a strong suit, but they're without both their starting guards. They were without both starting tackles last week. That could be the case again this week. Center Jason Kelsey was the only starter. If that's the case again, I mean, the Chiefs pass rush is nowhere near what Carolina has. That has me pretty nervous. Yeah, and the Chiefs defense is nowhere near what Carolina no. has right now. Like that's a team that I thought that might have been in the um Stephon Gilmore sweepstakes. And you have to Same. wonder Kansas City, like it would only cost a six round pick. And yeah, you couldn't sure give that up to again. try and fix yeah. that secondary yeah, and fix that defense overall. But hey, we'll take him here in Carolina. But you're right though. The Panthers going up against a patchwork offensive line with no Lane Johnson, who I know was a surprise and active last week. Yep. And also missing three other starters outside of Jason Kelsey. That's going to be a problem for Philly come Sunday afternoon down here at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Like Brian Burns has been fantastic. He's a guy who I think has a great chance to be a pro bowler. I had questions about Hassan Reddick, whether it was real last year or it was the contract year being undefeated. Sure. Now he's in another contract year, so it might still be undefeated. But four and a half sacks through four weeks so far this season. Morgan Fox, who was really good last year, played next to Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, excuse me, in certain situations in the past for us, the Rams, he's looked great. Derek Brown, Daquan Jones, like they've been fast. They've been physical. And they even see it send a safety blitz. Like guys like Jeremy Chin could be coming up the middle. You could see Sean Chandler, right. who's been coming up on the edge. That's going to be an issue for Philly if they can't, if they're not healthy and if they can't block the Panthers because the Panthers mm -hmm. have made the lives of Davis Mills and Zach Wilson and Jameis Winston complete hell. And the Saints, like they only missed their starting center, but they still had four of their five starters available in that game. And they struggled against the defensive pressure that Phil yeah. Snow sent throughout the afternoon. Yeah, luckily for the Eagles, they have a mobile quarterback. And I do think the offensive yeah. line held pretty intact last week. I mean, that just goes to show how good the Eagles offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland is. He always elevates the unit. But at the same time, again, like we've said, this Panthers pass rush is different than what Kansas City is. They Kansas City's defense is the reason they are not in a playoff spot currently through the first month of the season. So the Eagles definitely have to step up in that department. Uh, we'll see what happens with their tackles. Jordan Maialata, their starting left tackle, was limited in practice today. Lane Johnson still dealing with this personal issue. It was reported he might be back at the facility today, but he never did return. We'll see if that happens later in the week. But yeah, uh, Panthers fans, you guys might be going up against an offensive line that only has one starter from week one in Jason Kelsey. And that could be an issue for the Eagles. But Julian, at the same time, you look at the second and third level of this matchup, um, no Shaq Thompson, right? I mean, J.C. Horn no. is out as well. They did bring in reinforcements with back-to-back -back trades for Stephon Gilmore and C.J. Henderson, but Gilmore's still on the PUP. I don't think Henderson's playing right either, so that's a matchup to watch, though. Down the field, the Eagles yeah. might have some opportunities. Yeah, Thompson not being on the field is going to be tough for them. He has yeah, played all great. but four defensive snaps so far this season. He's playing at a Pro Bowl level. He's been all mm -hmm. over the field, and he is one of their captains, and he's been around for a long time. And he's the quarterback of the defense, you know, the whole cliche mm -hmm. there. He wears the helmet sticker and all that and the radio on his helmet. So not having him out there will hurt. 
Jermaine Carter Jr. will likely be in there in the one linebacker sets that they run. And I think they might actually play a lot of dime this weekend. Just going based off of what they did a couple weeks ago against New Orleans. In that game, Thompson played 44 snaps and and Carter only played 13 of the 44 defensive snaps. So they've already gone out there and basically played a one linebacker for an entire game before. And that might be something that they implement again on Sunday. The back half, CJ Henderson, actually he is available. He did play last week and I think he played about 15, 18 snaps against Dallas. Was only targeted once. That was a touchdown he gave up to Amari Cooper. But honestly, not really his fault. He ran with him stride for stride. Amari's one of the best receivers in the National Football League, and Dak just put it on him perfectly. It was a dime. So he's going to probably play a lot more this week. Yes, you're right about Gilmore's going to be on the pup list. He won't be available until week seven when the Panthers travel to New York to face the Giants. But still, Henderson, they got Boye who made his – Panthers debut last week mm-hmm. after missing the first two games because it's just and then sitting out week three uh, against his former team, the Texans, because they want to get him ready off of that soft tissue injury. He'll be available. Dante Jackson's been really good for them so far this season. And then Justin Burris, their safety, who's still on IR, he'll be out. But you'll still have Jeremy Chin, Sean Chandler, and Sam Franklin ready to step up. Yeah. So I actually don't feel too bad about the Panthers secondary going up against the Eagles, even though I do like what the Eagles potentially could offer, especially at tight end with, with the Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I think, too, last week was a big step for the Eagles passing attack. I thought it was the first time Jalen Hurts actually took real steps in areas of weakness. I thought he made the right decisions in the pocket. I think he kept his eyes downfield. He was way more accurate, throwing with anticipation. It's just about, though, Julian now stringing those performances now. You know, can you do that not just once, but twice, three times? Can you do it for a whole month? Can you get hot? That's what he's got to do to convince this organization that he's the QB1 long term. I'm excited, too, to see Devontae Smith over 100 yards last week. He looked great. But, yeah, I think the tight ends and maybe against Jeremy Chin, I'm interested to see what the Panthers use uh, Jeremy Chin um, against this Eagles offense. Julian, it's funny. Like, a lot of people think that the Eagles, if they didn't take Jalen Hurts in 2019, or excuse me, 2020, Jeremy Chin was the pick that scouts wanted and former defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz wanted. And that could have, I don't know what would have happened with Carson Wentz if Jalen Hurts isn't drafted, but that could have changed things. So Jeremy Chin always kind of makes me think of what if, and he's just such a great player. And it's the exact piece the Eagles defense is missing. That guy that can roam and just play, do, do it all, right? The Swiss Army knife on the second and third level. So he's the guy deep for the Panthers I'm really keeping an eye on and to see him against the tight ends I think will be really interesting yeah, he's the perfect fit to this Phil Snow offense or defense, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, he likes to have the positionless player, which, you know, it's kind of weird. You can say positionless player, but right. in his scheme, like he'll have Jeremy, Jeremy Chin last year, majority of his snaps were at linebacker. And there's mm-hmm. a potential this week and maybe next week if Shaq Thompson's out again, that he could go back and play linebacker snaps and they could ask a guy like Kenny Robinson who was a fifth-round draft pick by the Panthers last year, who's on the practice squad, they could ask him to potentially come in and be the mm-hmm. third safety on this roster, elevating Sam Franklin and Sean Chandler to more of a starter position. That could be a potential on Sunday for them. But yeah, I mean, Chin's excellent. He's really good, especially in run defense. Now, his pass coverage is one thing that I don't think a lot of people talk about. The advanced analytics, like the pro football focus, and then the football outsiders, like they don't really rate him that highly when it comes to coverage. Like last season, he right. did struggle against tight ends and in, in coverage as a linebacker. And this year, you look like last week, he was lined up against Blake Jarwin. 
gave up a touchdown, gave up a touchdown mm-hmm. later on in that game against Cedric Wilson. I'm not sitting here trying to bang on Jeremy Chin because he certainly is one of the young stars in the National Football League on the defensive side of the ball and will be right. a key member of this Panthers defense for a long time. I'm just offering just a little perspective on that might be a challenge for him and the Panthers on Sunday, especially not having Shaq Thompson when having to deal with another two tight end sets and a lot of 12 and potentially 13 personnel like they dealt with yeah. on Sunday against Dallas that really hurt them. Yeah, no matter what, I think it's going to be a really interesting back-and-forth chess match here uh, between these two sides, the Eagles offense and the Panthers defense. Coming up next, Julian, we're going to get into the Eagles defense against the Panthers offense, and I think this is going to be a matchup that could really decide this game with the way the Eagles defense has been struggling the the past couple weeks. It's been the tale of two um, or the tale of uh, two different halves when it comes to that first month with uh, just based on how the defense played. So we'll get into that coming up next. Guys, this is Crossover Thursday, Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Panther style. We'll be right back. This episode of Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Panthers is brought to you by betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as the NFL is continuing through the 2021 season. There's been so much awesome action this year. The games have been incredible through the first month, and I hope you're getting in on the action at BetOnline, your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests are now available by online continues to be that top source for everything football head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you're going to receive your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code for that 50 percent welcome bonus it's locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to receive that bonus from football to basketball to boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online where the game starts bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports all right guys we're wrapping up this edition of crossover thursday louis dibiase of locked on eagles julian council of locked on panthers it's a 1 p.m kickoff between the birds and the panthers the panthers are three and one the eagles one and three but julian i think this is going to be a good game i think it's going to be a back and forth matchup and this is the matchup I'm more concerned with. We kind of said how the Eagles offense and the Panthers defense, it's kind of strength versus strength. Yeah. But the way the Eagles defense is playing right now, I mentioned it earlier, they've allowed 83 points the last two weeks to the Chiefs and to the Cowboys. They've allowed nearly 900 yards of total offense. Sam Darnold's not Dak Prescott. He's not, not Patrick Mahomes, but he's playing well. Joe Brady has that offense really clicking. They have weapons. I'm not going to lie, man. I, this, I'm nervous about this defensive unit for the Eagles. They don't have the personnel right now, and I, I don't love their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. I don't love his style of just bend, don't break at all costs, regardless of situation. Yeah, here's the thing. I think Sam Darnold's going to be able to have a lot of success in the passing game on Sunday, whether Christian McCaffrey plays or not. I don't really think it's necessary for Christian to play, especially if you're, you know, come on, give the guy another week, get ready. And sure. amount of snaps they ask him to go out there and play, it would make sense maybe give him another week, then bring him back next week against the Vikings. But Robbie Anderson, we've yet to see him. And the Eagles secondary, as we saw last week, when it comes to the deep ball, they can be had. Now, Robbie mm-hmm. is not Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to say that he is, but he can hurt you 
with the deep ball. And we have not really seen that since week one when he had that touchdown connection with Sam Darnold, the two former Jets against their former team, the New mm-hmm. York Jets. DJ Moore has been outstanding so far this season. He's been ridiculous. He has had back-to-back 1,100-yard receiving seasons. Look like he's well on his way for that again and getting a massive bag this offseason. So the Panthers in the passing game can certainly hurt the Eagles. But the yeah. one thing I'll, I'll say about that, though, is I know Philly's given up a lot of rushing yards. If they can somehow be stout against the run, this Panthers yeah. offensive line can be had. I've seen what your guy Javon Hargrave's done so far this season. Five he's sacks, been an yeah. absolute menace. Fletcher Cox, he's yet to show up yet. But if you want to get right, go up against a guy like John Miller, and who's the right guard for the Panthers, and then their center, Matt Paradis, two guys who have been turnstiles at points in times this season and really struggled mm-hmm. on Sunday against the Cowboys. Cam Irving, the left tackle for the Panthers, he did not practice on Wednesday. I don't know. I mean, this is Thursday, so we'll see what happens the rest of the week, whether he's right. going to be available on Sunday. But if he's not, that means the Panthers could be starting a left tackle, a rookie, and Brady Christensen, who a lot of fans want to see, or mm-hmm. a guy in Trent Scott who started a lot of games last year. But I wouldn't call – the greatest option there at left tackle so that the Panthers can't protect Sam Darnold and what the pass rushers the Eagles have, there is a potential that this actually could be a game where Philadelphia plays well defensively if they can get Darnold off his spot and get to him and affect him like the Cowboys were able to do, especially in that third quarter, which became disastrous for the Panthers on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's what happened the first two weeks why the Eagles defense was so good against Atlanta and San Francisco is the defensive line kind of dictated the game uh, with that pass rush. The issue is, you know, you don't have Brandon Graham anymore, kind of the blood, the bloodline of that defensive front, the heartbeat, if you will. And like you said, Fletcher Cox has not stepped up this year at all so far. Javon Hargrave is on pace for like 25 sacks. He's been incredible. Josh Sweat has been really good. But uh, Derek Barnett's been a liability to with penalties. That defensive line's got to step up. They haven't the last two weeks, but also the issue, man, is like they can't carry this defense, especially when Jonathan Gannon is so bend, don't break that it'll be third and one, third and two. It'll be in the red zone, too, and he still has everybody playing off the ball and just just so much cushion. And the issue is when you're playing like that, when you have these, you know, two safeties deep every single play. You need a Jeremy Chin to make up for all that space, right? Those athletes on the second and third level. And they don't have the personnel. They don't have the guys in the defensive backfield. They don't have the linebackers. And against some Panthers players that can really win in space, I'm nervous again like I was against the Cowboys and Chiefs, the personnel in Carolina. Again, Darnold's not Mahomes and Prescott, but they have weapons just like Dallas did and just like Kansas City. So my big key for the Eagles defense is, will Jonathan Gannon adjust? Will he be better situationally with his scheme? Or is he going to be a one-trick pony? And if he's going to be, I think Joe Brady and Sam Darnold are going to be able to tear this team apart. And uh, Joe Brady, by the way, Julian, he was the guy I wanted the Eagles to hire this offseason as a head coach. I think he's going to get a job soon, and I think he's been instrumental for Darnold's development. Yeah, he's definitely going to get a job. I thought uh, Cincinnati might be a spot, but they're off to a three-and-one start so far, and maybe he's not going to go there. But yeah, he'll get a job. The NFL has kind of made up their mind on him being a genius, and especially if Sam Darnold plays the way he's played the last couple of years, or at least the last couple of weeks, he certainly will get a job. I'm not Good 100%. things happen when you get away from Adam Gase, man, let me tell you. Yeah, that's that's very true. That, that is true. I mean, I, I would say, like, we, I've had the conversation on the podcast. Like, I was a guy, and I still am, highly skeptical of whether Sam Darnold actually truly is the answer sure. here in Carolina. Like, we saw Teddy Bridgewater, who by no means was ever going to be the franchise quarterback here in Carolina. We also saw him get off to a pretty good start last year, and that's how did that point. work out? Yeah, so it's a 17-game season. Let's. I told my listeners, I'm 
I'm not making any grand proclamations either way until we get until like week nine or 10. And I've seen enough on tape to be like, all right, yeah, this guy can be it. I also think it's probably more of a two-year experiment than a one-year experiment, unless he like, of course, falls off the cliff this year. But yeah, Brady... He certainly has looked pretty good the last couple of weeks, especially asking Sam Donald to run the football in the red zone, which was one of the big bugaboos last year and this season early on of like what's going yeah. on with Joe Brady and his offense in the red zone. I look at the Eagles. They gave up five touchdowns in all, in all five of the Kansas City Chiefs trips last week. Now, it's the Chief, it's Mahomes, Patrick Kelsey, or uh, Travis Kelsey, or is it mm. Kels now? Um, and then, of course, Tyreek <laughs> yeah. Hill. They got a ton of dudes on that defense and Clyde, or offense and Clyde Edwards Alaire. So it's not going to be the same thing, but look for Sam Brown to potentially run the ball in the red zone. Panthers yeah. might be able to have success there. Now, I'll ask you this one thing you talk about the secondary and not having mm. the personnel. Like Darius Slay is back there, right? And Avante Maddox has played yes. a lot of meaningful snaps over the last couple of years. What mm. is the deal, you think, personnel wise with the Eagles? Well, so that's the frustrating part is I feel like what he Jonathan Gannon wants to do right now is play like two high safeties. He wants to keep everything in front of him and he wants to just bend and not break. And he wants guys to swarm to the football. The issue again is you have a lighter box. You yeah. need to make up for that with quality play at linebacker or a Jeremy Chin or what the Eagles used to have a Malcolm Jenkins like player. And they don't have that kind of guy. He's saying this week that they're not a dime defense saying like they can't use a lot of defensive backs because they don't have the personnel. My take is you don't have the linebackers to be so heavy in the style you're playing right now. Whereas I'd rather be more aggressive and use Darius Slay in different ways, get him up at the line of scrimmage, let him get his hands on wide receivers. Let Steven Nelson do the same thing. Let Avante Maddox, I'd rather use like, you know, although Marcus Epps and, you know, Zach McPherson, the rookie fourth round corner, these aren't like stud players. They're probably going to be a liability on your unit. So too is your starting linebackers. You're the Jannard Avery's of the world, the defensive end that turned linebacker to me. Like if I'm going to put guys out there like that, that aren't top tier, they're not ideal starters. If I'm going to put guys like that out there, I at least want somebody that can move in space, especially if you're going to stay with this style of defense. So my issue is, again, yeah, personnel. Gannon is strapped right now with what he can do, but I actually think his personnel fits more the opposite approach of what he's taking. So I, I'm interested to see if he'll adjust on Sunday because the last two weeks, if that's not a, a wake-up call for you, I, I don't know. I mean, that sounds too much like a closed-minded coach to me, and I thought that was the opposite of what they were getting. Yeah, I mean, they'll get burned. And offensively, they can certainly yeah. be able to put up points that they can protect. But that offensive line situation we talked about earlier in the show might mm -hmm. be a problem for the Eagles. But I'm, ex I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Any yeah. kind of where you're leaning on Sunday? I know it's the last time I checked. It was yeah. three and a half. Panthers were favored at home. Mm -hmm. The Eagles, every line each week is like three and a half. It's been like a pick them uh, outside of the Chiefs game last week. I feel like the Eagles are going to bounce back. Um it's, it's a back and forth because, again, I really do like this Panthers team, and I think at 3-1, and one, I don't think it's a phony. I don't know if they're like a top contender. I would – I'm going to say that I think the Eagles are going to get a win here, but, again, it's not one of like Eagles are getting a win, confident about it. It's on the road. It's a good Panthers team. It's going to be a back and forth battle. I just think they're, they've been very close each week, and, and a lot of it's been self-inflicted, you know, the, the penalties. They have the most penalties by far in the NFL this year. If they can correct some of those things, I think they can get to two and three, but uh, it's going to be a toss-up game for sure, man, Julian. I think it's a, it's a pick them, and it's going to be a close, entertaining game for sure. Yeah, I mean, the key to me is if Philly can get the interior pass rush that we saw last week, especially that with Dallas, key. that would be 
what's going to keep them in the game. And the Panthers, who came into last week leading the NFL in every major defensive statistical category, they were only giving up 45 rushing yards per game the first three weeks like it's not like they face a real rushing attack until last week against Dallas and you know what Miles Sanders can offer and what Jalen Hurts who's been leaving your team in rushing can offer with the RPO and Matt Rule brought up in this press conference on Wednesday like they actually have a defense like it's more college that actually fit their RPOs kind of scheme that the the Eagles are going to put out there on Sunday afternoon but they can run the ball in Carolina and they can get to Sam Darnold and get him off his spot, and Hargrave can continue to do his thing, and Fletcher Cox wakes up, and Josh Sweat, who just got the yeah. bag, if he plays well, then yeah, it could end up being a, a four-quarter game. I just don't really see that happening just based off of just how poorly the Eagles secondary is. I think that the Carolina sure. Panthers will score a lot of points, and I think the Eagles will actually score a decent amount of points just based off of what I've seen mm-hmm. from them so far this season where they have looked good. I mean, the, the 49ers game wasn't a great offensive showing, but San Francisco's a good team, and they played them well. The Falcons are terrible, but they went out there and dominated that game. You scored a lot on the Chiefs. It was a puzzling mm-hmm. decision not to be aggressive there in the red zone and settling for the field goal or whatever. Mm, that's um, another issue, man. Red zone offense has been they yeah. settle for field goals way too often. I don't know if it's they don't trust Jalen Hurts in the everything's been on the boundary. I don't know if they don't trust Jalen Hurts' arm strength fitting, you know, balls in tight windows, but that's been an issue too. But I agree with you. I think scoring is Probably not going to be an issue for these teams on Sunday. No. I, I think fans will definitely be entertained by this one uh, for sure, man. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think uh, the Panthers will score more points, which I guess is the point of the game, yeah. right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and I think they'll cover too, by the way, for the folks out there, the degenerates. Yes. Absolutely. The degenerates. We love you because we're one of you. Um, follow us on Twitter, guys. I'm at DBLCLOE. Julian's at Julian Council. You can subscribe to Lockdown Eagles or Lockdown Panthers, wherever you get your podcasts on all platforms Monday through Friday. going to be a great game on Sunday, kickoff at 1 p.m. Julian, uh, great stuff, man, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Yeah, Lou, it's fun, man. This has been the Lockdown Eagles, Lockdown Panthers crossover right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.